Hey everyone, this is True Crime at Lunchtime, hosted by Lindsay and Kayla. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kayla. And we're work besties who love true crime. And this is a true crime podcast providing shorter episodes that you can enjoy on your lunch break. All right, Kayla, what's new this week? So, I finally have finished the fourth season of Stranger Things. It's about time. It is about, it's about damn time. (laughs) Did you love it? Loved it. Yeah, it was really good. I liked the season a lot. I like that they're getting more, you know, relatable as they get older. Like, I I do like that. Like, I like that they're getting older. So who is your favorite character? I think a lot of you guys can agree with me. The best character this season, he was introduced this season, Eddie, hands down. Love him so much. Yes, absolutely. And a little... Did you know, fact for you, Eddie was actually based on one of the guys that was in the West Memphis 3 case, um, because in season four, skip ahead a little bit if you haven't watched season four yet, but he's into Dungeons and Dragons and a lot of that kind of things. And a lot of people relate that to cult mentality, which is a lot of things that led in the West Memphis 3 case. So that's just a fun little tidbit that his character was actually based on. And the the guy's name was Damien Eccles. And the reason that they had also related was that in Stranger Things, you know, Eddie was instantly accused of, of killing, killing Chrissy. Chrissy. And that's kind of um, the same thing that happened in the West Memphis 3 case as well. He was just known as like a loser and an outcast. He's a cutie, though. He is a cutie. Best hair of the season. Yeah, hair goals for sure. Okay, guys, it's time to pop last night's dinner leftovers into the microwave, and let's dig in to the victims of Lorraine Thorpe and Paul Clark. All right, hit me with those three fast facts that I need to know before we dig into this one. So this is our first international case. It's our first UK case. Ooh, shout out to our UK listeners. All right. So the second thing is there are two perpetrators in this case. And there are also two victims in this case. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So Lorraine Thorpe, she was born in 1994 in Ipswich, Suffolk. It's about 90 miles from London. I had to have a landmark because I'm not familiar with the UK. Yes. I've been to London, actually. I'm jealous. Really? Why did you go there? Um, When I was 17. So Lorraine, she really had a sad upbringing. Her parents divorced when she was 12. And not much is known to that prior. Her and her dad lived in rundown apartments and even in tents sometimes. She evaded social services Uh, multiple times. They tried to get her out of this situation that she had with her father. Um, Her father was an alcoholic. She had to grow up very quickly at a young age, but something just kept her going back to her father. I don't know if it was just because she cared for him. She like wanted to fix him if it was one of those mentalities, but she evaded social services multiple times. That's really sad. You have to wonder, you know, if her life might've been different had social services been successful in removing her from the home. And as we get into it, I really do think her upbringing had a a lot, a lot, a lot to do with what ended up happening. And because of her father, 
uh, Lorraine actually became part of a group of middle-aged alcoholics. And this is where she meets Paul Clark. And Paul was not a good person. Um, <laughs> he liked to intimidate others. He also used his dog to scare people. He purposely trained his dog to just be very protective and very nasty to other people. Which I do not like when people do that at all. No. And Paul's dog was the most important thing to him. And this is something to, to kind of remember because it's going to come back. And Lorraine looked up to Paul quite a bit. Um, she hung out with this group and she looked up to him and she was like, wow, this guy has so much power. Like people just like cower to him because he's so intimidating. Like he gets what he wants because people are scared of him. Yeah. And she, Lorraine was very impressionable at this time. She was very young. When this all takes place. Wow, this reminds me of another case with a manipulative Paul and an impressionable young woman. Yep. <laughs> Lorraine was 15 at this time. Yeah. And now I introduce you um, to Rosalind Hunt. She was also part of the same social circle. She was friends with Clark and Thorpe. And one day she was walking Clark's dog when it tried to attack or bite someone. It's a little bit unclear. Multiple sources say different things. But either way, she was walking the dog and it tried to attack somebody. And she supposedly kicked the dog. And then this information got back to Paul. Oh no, was he upset about about this happenings? To say he was upset would be a very big understatement. This dog was the most important thing to him. And when he found out that, that Rosalind had put hands on his dog, oh my gosh. He lost it. And it's also important to note that Paul and Rosie, they actually had a relationship together previously. Okay. So at this point, are Paul and Lorraine together? They, I, like, dating? I feel like it's unclear. I just know they had kind of like a um, crime duo kind of aspect okay. to them. Okay. Gotcha. No, Rosie was really scared of Paul and I really don't blame her. I mean, from the sounds of it, I don't either. And Rosie, she didn't want to stay at her own apartment um, because of the incident that had happened. And she was actually staying with a guy named Desmond, Desmond Thorpe, to be exact, hmm. who was Lorraine's father. What? Yes. So is, is she close to Lorraine's age or is she older? Like... She was in her 40s. She had okay, she okay. had two kids. But you got to remember, Lorraine was hanging out with a lot older people than her. She was running yeah. with her dad's basically circle of um, alcoholics. Okay. Okay. At this time. Wow. She was really grown up for her she, age. She was. Or thought she was. And while Rosie was there... Lorraine actually convinced her to go back to her apartment and that everything would be fine from there, that everything would just go away. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that Rosie has would ever make. And when Rosie went back to her flat, I love to call it a flat. Yes, her apartment. <laughs> so cool. When she went back to her flat, um, Paul and Lorraine had taken Rosie from her apartment and they went to Paul's apartment and this was on july 29th of 2009 and if you guys want to skip ahead this is very violent it is very brutal 
and I'm not, I'm not going to skip on the details on this one. I'm going to explain it in full detail just so you can see how bad this crime was. She was held at his home for about four days. She was hit, punched, and stomped on. And after those four days, she was taken back to her flat, and she was tortured more, and she was left for dead there. Wow, that's terrifying. But Rosie actually ended up not passing away. Four days later, Paul and Lorraine had come back to, to, her, to her flat, and Rosie was still alive. So they further assaulted her, and she was left for dead for dead again on August 4th. So a second time. Yes. So they had over four days, they had completely tortured her, abused her and left her for dead. And then she ended up not passing away from her injuries and they just tortured her even more and left her for dead a second time. Wow. That is sickening. And Rosie, um, she had sustained nine broken ribs, a blow to her head and chest area, multiple flesh wounds and physical trauma and on the show that i had watched on this case um it was very hard to watch um rosie's brother was actually on there and he had said that she had a cheese grater put to her face an electric fan was put to her face and to her hair so her hair got all tangled her hair was torched she was forced into a suitcase by her so-called friends wow I'm sick to my stomach. That, the cheese grater. It's brutal. I'm going to have nightmares about that. Like, that is absolutely terrifying. I just can't even imagine. Like, when you hit your finger on that, that hurt. Oh, my gosh. I thought I was going to have to go to the emergency room one time. So, this was very, very brutal. And Desmond Thorpe, who from earlier, that's Lorraine's father. He was in very bad health at this time. He was drinking heavily almost every single day. Um, in the show, they said he would vomit multiple times a day. Um, so he was not in very good shape at all. And he and Paul were also friends in that same social circle. What a odd arrangement of people. It is. It's like all of these middle-aged um, people who like to drink, and then there's just Lorraine. Yeah. And Who's she's in team? it because of her father. Right. So after Rosie was murdered, Paul and Lorraine tried to get her father to move to another friend's place. But Desmond threatened to go to the police and tell them what really occurred in Rosie's death on August 10th. So he kind of knew what had happened at that point. I'm not sure how he found out, but he knew and he was going to go to authorities with it. Well, you know what they say. Loose lips sink ships. Someone could have been talking. And that is true because there was the same group all the time. They would be out on the streets constantly. So I can only imagine that things got around pretty quickly. And this led to Lorraine and Paul to beat him and smother him to death. Her dad. Her dad. Okay. All right. Wow. And it's unclear who had actually smothered him to death. Um. But I will say, this was also very brutal. So they were successful. They were. He did pass away, and they actually found a shoe print on his head. What? Yeah. They had stomped his head so hard that there was a shoe print. 
this is this? disgusting what is wrong with these people like obviously a lot but and his body was found in the early morning of august 10th and it was only a few hours after rosie's body had actually been found as well so paul clark was seen close to the home where the murder had taken place and he was located and arrested in relation to another crime that had actually occurred and paul clark was 41 at this time and Lorraine was 15. I mean, you have to wonder what makes a 41-year-old want to hang out socially with a 15-year-old. I mean, I wonder if they were romantically involved. I am not sure, but I know it was probably not good intentions. Probably not. Either way, I mean, it obviously was, was not a good situation. But Lorraine actually couldn't be found. But she was later found at the home of her mother. And she was arrested. And there was also another arrest made. John Greenwood, he was also part of like the drinking culture, that social circle. He was at the scene of Rosie Hunt's murder and he was also arrested. A lot of things he said just kept incriminating him. Like he would say he saw something to put the blame on to Paul and Lorraine, but he's putting himself at the scene of the crime at the right. same time. So he was also arrested. Move honest honest Abe, but not a smart move and many experts feel that lorraine was more of a follower than a leader which we kind of called that very early on yes absolutely at 15 and her troublesome upbringing not having you know stable consistent adults in her life i think that that would be fair to say and they feel that she was she may have also been abused as well which i fully do believe that but they actually both denied any involvement, showed no remorse, and this was through the entire trial. No remorse, denial of everything. That's the worst. That's the hardest pill to swallow, I think, is when there's no remorse in these cases, especially for the victims' families. And on August 3rd of 2010, they both were convicted of murder. So Paul Clark, he was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 27 years served. But unfortunately, Paul was ultimately found dead in September of 2014 by suicide. Oh, wow. And then Lorraine, she was also sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 14 years served. 14 years? Are you kidding me? She was found guilty of two counts of murder. And this makes her Britain's youngest double murderer at the age of 15. Wow. And she's up for parole in September of 2024. So that's not that far from now. No, two years from now. So has she, I wonder if she started, you know, showing any remorse because it's pretty hard to get paroled if you're not remorseful on your actions. Yeah, she just has the possibility of parole. I really doubt she's ever going to see the light of day again for what she had done. And as far as I know, she never showed remorse for anything. That's really scary, honestly, because I feel like that just shows, like, could that be the start of serial killer behavior? Like, to be able to do that and not be remorseful. Like, that, I just can't understand it. It makes me thinking about that I really think if they wouldn't have gotten caught I think they would have done more right 
no doubt in my mind. Well, because a lot of times police will say, like, we, we believe, like, had, you know, Steven again, like, in episode five, like, we believe, like, had he not been caught, we believe this would have been the first of many. So I wonder if this was, you know, two of what could have been many others. Just the brutality of this one is what really got me. The cheese grater, my God, I'm never going to be the same after hearing that. And another big thing in this case is that she had told detectives, oh yeah, you'll find my shoe print in my dad's head. Like something along those lines. What? So she's openly said it. So she had no remorse at all for what she did. That's terrifying to be so young and to be... And I don't like to say she didn't have a chance. She did. She could have, she could have left like with social services. She could have changed her own fate. She could have, but instead it was just very impressionable on her and she fell in, she fell into this very bad culture and it really affected her life in a very bad way. So I feel like we got a really debrief after this one. Yeah, I mean, I am mortified after hearing about this cheese grater situation. Like, I can't, I can't even get over it. I can't even process what kind of sick person would do that to someone. It's maniacal. It is so foul. It is. And you deserve to be in prison for that. That is just, you have no remorse for a human life whatsoever. I completely agree. When torture is involved, I just always, it just hits a little bit harder. Because I always put myself kind of in the victim's shoes. And I'm like, I can only imagine how terrifying that would be. She, four days, and then she's left, and then they come back. Yeah, that is absolutely horrendous. And then her father was just trying to do the right thing because Rosie was a friend of his as well. I mean, she stayed at the apartment with him and they were in the same social circle. Yeah. This one's just really messed up. It is. I'm kind of speechless, honestly. That's a very heavy one just because, you know, you have to wonder how you could commit such unthinkable crimes, not only just in general, but as a 15 year old. And I understand she had a really rough upbringing. She was not around the greatest people in her life, but I always say that that's no excuse. You can rise above where you come from and what goes on around you to make your life better. Um, But she unfortunately didn't choose that route. Yeah. It is unfortunate. It's unfortunate for everyone that was involved. But this one, I had no clue who this girl even was. I've never heard of it before. I just kind of was Googling and it really caught my attention because I saw, I saw Britain and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do an international case so bad. And then I just kind of saw the titles about her that were in the press. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got it. I've got to cover this one. More people need to know about this. She was a monster. And so is Paul. Yeah. And that, my work besties, that wraps up the victims of Lorraine Thorpe and Paul Clark.
So we would like to hear your thoughts on this. Um, you can listen to the podcast on any of the following streaming services. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbay, Good Pods, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, and iHeartRadio. And as always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and also TikTok. We want to hear your guys' case suggestions, um, so keep them coming into us. We have gotten a few um, that we've been looking over, and we might be hitting on some of them soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Keep sending us your suggestions, and stay saucy. Bye, work besties.